0: Well, welcome to this week's episode of our Pastors Talk, Words of Life. My name is Steve Hafler. I serve as the lead pastor of Highlands Baptist Church, and I am here with...
1: My name is Sean Walker, and I serve as associate pastor at Highlands Baptist Church. This past Sunday, we
0: just completed a sermon series that we entitled Walking with God. We addressed walking with God through fear and uncertainty, through disease and sickness, through difficulty and deprivation, And then we also walked through what it is like to doubt. And I really think this last Sunday sermon brought all those together as, Sean, you preached to us about walking with God through death. Basically, the fear, the uncertainty, the disease, the loss, the deprivation, all those really culminate in a fear of death. Your testimony was gripping because you have just recently walked through this last year with a loved one. I'm wondering what you learned, maybe what took you by surprise as you walked so closely through your dad's suffering and then through his death.
1: For those that aren't aware of a little bit of my story, last year my father wasn't feeling well and he went in and they thought it was probably some sort of cyst on his uh, kidney. He got a different diagnosis a couple months later and we discovered it was uh, pancreatic cancer. He got that diagnosis at the end of July, and he passed away at the end of September. So it just moved very quickly. It was very sudden and unexpected. At the same time, even when I say, you know, it was unexpected, we all know that we're going to die. We all know that it's likely that we're going to be burying our parents, you know, unless we die before them. Uh, So it's such a strange thing that death catches us off guard when it is such a certainty for all of us. I think it just attests to the fact of how much we push it to the fringes of our thinking and, in many ways, live day after day after day as if we aren't going to die. It rarely comes to our mind. If we do, we push it aside. We live in a society that tries to defy death. So I was uh, surprised at at how surprised I was uh, about death entering into our story when it's a certainty.
0: When you first heard how serious it was, do you even remember maybe the emotions that overcame you? And did it trickle in or was it like a flood for someone who's not walked this path? How would you help equip them to walk with God through death?
1: I remember when I got the call from mom that they were in the emergency room because of some uh, very concerning symptoms that dad had. And I remember thinking, I wonder if this is the beginning of the end. Just that fear, the anxiety really is a uh, an emotional but physical response all at the same time. I remember the dread kind of creep over me. and Then I remember the relief I felt when mom and dad said, hey, here's what the doctor thinks. It's not a real big deal. This is something that we can work through. Just the, the wave of relief. And then the reversal of that when things just continued to not improve and there was just question marks in our minds that I think there's something else going on here. And they got a second opinion, and that's really when they determined that this this is what was happening it was pancreatic cancer. You know, in that moment, hearing the diagnosis for sure, the difficulty of it was just accepting the inevitability of death.
0: So it's the permanency of it. And I think that's why scripture refers to death as the last enemy. You know, we're instructed first Thessalonians not to grieve as others do who have no hope how do you think you grieved with hope? How did that help you? How did you set your affections on things above so you grieved but with hope?
1: What I found happening in my heart and mind was discovering deeper dimensions of the value of the gospel. Mm. And that might sound cheesy, but what I mean to try to describe is we know the gospel as Christians, we celebrate it, we sing about it, but When you're facing death, there's nothing you can do. That's that's what's so catastrophic about it. It's this irreversible loss. The gospel really is the only thing that can speak hope into the story of death. And so those promises of God for us through Jesus became much more relevant on the backdrop of death because all the other problems of our life in the world kind of line up as secondary compared to the problem of death.
0: So as you processed the irreversible nature of death on this side of eternity, what gave you hope? Were there times when you didn't feel much hope? And what then were your default settings? Where did your mind and your heart want to run? And then how did you bring it back?
1: I was surprised at the doubt that I found myself working through you know I'm a pastor I've gone through bible training seminary so I have the theological knowledge mm-hmm. you know in my head would be able to know how to counsel others i was surprised that i found myself almost incapable of counseling myself for a period of time because the pain and the irreversibility of mm-hmm. of death that sense of loss in this life under the sun was just so oppressive so you start really pushing into this idea of you know god and And life after death, and what is death, and, you know, how can a whole unique individual person just be gone, no longer with you? So all of just kind of processing through all of that, and how does the Bible speak into those types of questions? I felt also myself, just by nature, pulling back from relationship.
0: Relationship with?
1: People that I would love, you know, Shannon, you know, my wife. Relationship with God? Yes, yeah. There there were times where I just did not have any inclination to pray, to have communion with the Lord. Without emotion, apathetic,
0: or angry? All of that. Or meaninglessness, or?
1: Yeah, all of those things would swirl in and out at various, you know, Mm it's kind of a roller coaster of that. Mm
0: -hmm. Let me go back to the doubt, because that's going to be on the front end of all this experience. If you were to diagnose your doubt, was it more intellectual Or was it more emotional tied to this particular experience?
1: I think it was more emotional because I was doubting whether or not what I understood intellectually was sufficient to handle this type of of tragedy. Is the Christian faith sufficient to handle the, the trauma of death? Intellectually, I had the answers, but my heart was really testing whether or not it was up to the task.
0: And what did your heart find?
1: My heart was rescued from that sense of doubt by just reflecting on God's love for us in the gospel. The stoic response, and I think that's, you know, what I had to repent of, was this kind of stoic response of detachment. The Christian gospel, though, has such a different response. It actually invites us to deeper love. Mm. I remember feeling overwhelmed with the thought of having to go through the pain of death again if my wife were to die or if a child were to die— just feeling overwhelmed, just kind of shutting down intellectually, emotionally.
0: Was it a fear that paralyzed you? How would you explain?
1: Yeah, it was fear, and it was just having— Helplessness? Yeah, the helplessness of, there's just no way I can get through this again, have to go Mm. through this again. Is life good? Is there anything good in life if we know we have to keep experiencing this type of tragedy? But the Christian gospel responds to that, in my mind now, the deepest way ever, because— It encourages us to enjoy the loves of this life, not to pull away, but encourages us to enjoy them deeply by inviting us into an ever-deeper love of God. I've been so helped by reading other authors as they think through this, but if the center of our meaning in life can be touched by death, then we're doomed. But if the center of our meaning in life and purpose can't be touched by death, then we of all people have the greatest reason for hope. And that's what I think is unique about the Christian faith.
0: Right, once we find the true answer, life after death, true eternal life after death, secure life. i put it this way. Fear doesn't get to bully you around anymore. It really loses its power over you in that sense because of the good news that is Jesus Christ, the resurrection and the
1: life. So a lot of it came down to perspective. Would I live, would I function you know, with a Christian perspective on death, or would I live life through a humanistic, you know, secular, modern age view of death, trying to defy it or deny it or live in despair of it?
0: Three more questions on my heart as I get to talk to you and, and learn from you through this. What did people do that helped? And maybe it would also help to hear what people did that hurt.
1: What comes to mind as not being helpful is... Saying something that's true, but it can come across as kind of a pat answer, a cliche. I think it's been said that you're the only person that can give yourself pat answers. <laughs> You'll mm. only hear them from and get yourself. Away with right, them. exactly. Right. <laughs> Even as, as much as there may be truth in that pat answer, cliche kind of response, I don't recommend leading with that with somebody in grief because the grief is too raw to give room for those types of pat answers. Giving somebody God's Word is always to be commended, so this may sound strange to come from myself as a pastor when I say be careful that we don't weaponize Scripture in an effort to do good. Because in my experience of the grief was I didn't really have the the cognitive disposition to receive new truth. I think what I was most encouraged by was just knowing that there were Christian brothers and sisters, friends and family that were grieving alongside me in whatever way that was. I think that was probably the deepest comfort is to know that people gave room, gave space, weren't trying to rush in and fix or make the pain go away You, you can't nothing you somebody can say will make that go away, and giving room for there to be grief
0: so they're present, they're near. They're not hurried about just trying to give you more information, but you knew they were there ready to help.
1: Yes. And I think also just the respect and value that a person can demonstrate to someone in grief by being okay with somebody in grief, Mm -hmm. meaning we value things in our culture so much by what they do for us, how effective, how efficient, what we get out of it. But when somebody is just broken and grieving and they are still value you, that demonstrates a a great amount of, of comfort.
0: You have three children, if you could remind us of their ages and then speak into this. So you're their dad, they're watching you grieve the death of your dad. How did you grieve in front of them? How did you help them process it at their different ages? How did you shepherd lead while you're leaning on your shepherd as you walk through the valley of the shadow of death?
1: You know, so I have two girls and a boy at the time, it was 13, 11 and nine and my dad you know papa was just really a fantastic grandpa he was in their lives engaged enthusiastic giving them so many good memories wonderful memories as as a grandpa so this loss was was deep for them when, when my dad did die there was a sense i think in my kids of a, a relief in this story coming to a conclusion but they still miss him sure and so What we tried to do is just make sure that the kids knew that grief itself is not sinful. We could certainly sin in our grief, but grief itself is not sinful. In fact, to defy grief would be a sinful response. We'd be trying to be more human than Jesus was. Jesus grieved. He cried, wept uh, with Lazarus. He's grieving in the garden. So trying to let the home be a place where it was safe to be sad— And we weren't shunning one another in sadness or trying to hurry people up out of sadness. Mm -hmm. I think our culture tries to get people happy too quick and doesn't give room for people to work through grief. So that was our approach. I'm sure we messed up, you know, through that. But even still, you know, there's times where uh, one of the kids will be talking about, you know, Papa and missing him and and in tears. And it's okay.
0: Yeah, grief can be very helpful. And effective, and if we simply try to fabricate an artificial busyness to try to help someone escape out of it, we're not letting grief do the work, the good work that sometimes God intends it to do. in closing, anything from the sermon on Sunday, a thought, an illustration that you would want to communicate with our highlands family?
1: One topic I didn't give a time to in the sermon is the different responses to death. We see examples of it in the scriptures that are quite inspiring. You know, Stephen mm-hmm. seeing a vision of uh, of Christ and just kind of this triumphant champion-like way of, of death. But not everybody's experience of death may be like that. Mm-hmm. My dad told me repeatedly that he was not afraid to die. I believed him. He really had confidence in the gospel. But there was this dread of death still and the sense of loss of not mm-hmm. seeing, you know, his grandkids graduate and get married and... So forth. So, in regards to that, I would just try to encourage us to trust the Lord to have grace for us when we go through our experience of death, whether it's ourselves facing our mortality or whether it's walking with a close loved one on their way to death. I'm reminded of John Bunyan in Pilgrim's Progress when Christian, and I think it's hopeful, are up at this river, which symbolizes death, and they're going to cross through this river into then the Celestial City, and Christian's experience of going through this river is just one of fear, and he's kind of in panic. He can't feel the bottom, and he's flailing around, and Mm -hmm. Hopeful is nearby, and Hopeful finds the bottom, and he calls out to Christian, you know, fear not. I I can feel the bottom, and it is good. It is firm. Uh, So whether or not you're the Christian in panic or whether you're the hopeful with confidence, God's grace is still sufficient, and ultimately the answer is Christ who sees us through it.
0: And John Bunyan there is capturing Both men are saints. They're both believers. They're both about to go into the celestial city. And everyone's experience of death is different. Some are overcome by fear. Some go through it with great confidence. But in Christ, both will arrive safely. All will arrive safely. I'm going to end with 1 Corinthians towards the end. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning in verse 53. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable. who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us on this episode of our Pastor's Talk. I trust that you've been encouraged. Sean, thank you for your input today, and may the Lord bless you.